1: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot...
1: Hey, guess what, White Sox fans? We're here as promised. We're doing it because we promised. We do not break our promises at Southside Sox. It's post game podcast number six. Again, we've had bigger highlights to talk about, say, like a Carlos Rodon no-hitter. Um, maybe even game one of the ALDS, which was actually less of a loss than this last one. Oh, no, it was equal. Astros nine, White Sox four. Don't ask me for details about this game. I'm a blank. I've been more focused on social media takes and i don't know uh editing our superb superb coverage of this series so far jackie Crestle's recap was absolutely on point terrific piece zach hayes with me now smiling zach uh terrific six-pack uh celeste redonio worked on the um, social media piece and she did a pretty fun job with that oh and you know we're gonna continue doing it as long as we are playing you might just get one really, really great day of coverage, because it could be over on Sunday. Who figured? All right. Well, the man who has a ticket to game four, and he is desperately hoping he gets to see that game four, it's Adrian Serrano joining us. Zach, I don't remember. Are you seeing games three, four, neither both?
0: I will be there for game three. I was a game time decision for game game four. I'm kind of leaning in the no category if it happens. Oh, oh that's that's gonna change after game. Yeah, I know you. it will. I know it's going to. But <laughs> I'm telling myself this until, yeah. Yeah. until we get
1: there. Fair yeah. enough. You in the blackout garb? I'm digging it. We better get at least one photo. Oh, I'm I'm fired up for you. Uh, as someone lucky enough to go to the original, oh, it's fun. It, it will, especially a night game. Uh, you know, even if this is cool. like a like you know not the original one, I think it's gonna kick ass, and I think it will be it will go down as one of your favorite games ever. It would help. If they win that game, but I guess we'll get to that game previewing uh game four or game three soon enough. let's talk about game two uh because it was going better for a while there. I would argue that maybe the first half of the game was was pretty darn good um how about the instant takes on the game from both of
2: you um instant takes um I'm gonna stay positive just to start this off at least uh <laughs> six for nine with uh Luis Robert and Tim Anderson. I very much enjoyed that. Uh, Tim Anderson, the ultimate respect when you get a, the reliever with the 98, 99-mile-an-hour fastball and he throws you three sliders. Um, those are those are kind of the the quick takeaways. Um, otherwise, uh, everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. Zach,
1: yeah. are you going to uh, reflect the positivity?
0: Um, I mean <laughs> – I have difficulty feeling the supreme emotional letdown that I'm sure many people do right now. And very understandably. So Um, partially because I'm on medication and secondly, (laughs) because I've, this is, this is nothing new. I've been preparing myself for this for a while. It would be one thing if they had kind of hit a wall here and said like, Oh my God, like all these things that have been working are suddenly not working. Uh, This is a story, whether it is the, questionable bullpen decisions or the offense not executing or Gilito just not quite having his command. Um even and he's I have less of a problem with him than anybody else at this point. But regardless, you know, these are not new flaws and that they're happening against a really good team is not the most surprising thing in the world, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Is that a key element of the fact we've got um Our two horses going in these first two games, both of them unable, I believe, to complete even five innings. Uh, Giolito starting. I I guess Lynn also started uh, strong in game one. And just this Houston team working at bats in a way that is going to is going to break you down sooner than later.
2: Yeah, there are definitely a lineup that's going to make you throw early strikes or you're going to kind of just battle them uh, for the whole game. Um, but luckily, I feel like a Sox fan's like, yeah, I'm bummed, thoroughly bummed, but I feel prepared for this level of <laughs> disappointment after today. Like, like you said, I'll have you know uh, amnesia, and come Game Three, if it goes well, I'll be you know very happy about it. But, um, yeah, echoing Zach, like it's just a lot of stuff that we've kind of known. Like some of these weird decisions, maybe people out of place, maybe Tim breaking early, maybe it was a, a alignment issue. We don't know for sure, but like. You know, throughout the whole year, we've known it's kind of a poorly coached team. Like they kind of make a lot of very amateurist mistakes, um, consistently enough. Now we have a you know 160, you know, four games in, um, and I can say that they make a lot of mistakes. You know, stuff like just little things. Yoan throwing home yesterday, like probably wasn't going to get them no matter what. Like, you know, cost a run ultimately. You know, so just a little stuff like that is not. It didn't sneak up on us as fans or them on, as a team. I hope you know.
0: And then things like not shifting the defense and, you know, the mm-hmm. layery to right field move, um, are things that you yeah. can do nine times out of 10 and it'll, it'll work fine. Uh, but it didn't in the biggest moment. And yeah. it's the manager and the coaching staff's job to discern, uh, what that risk level is and what that moment is. Like, I don't know. The Astros do hit a lot of hard line drives yes. and fly balls to right field. Just a consideration. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of things that we feel like should be considerations that almost are too obvious. And it's like, they should know this, right? Like if I'm thinking yeah. it, they should be thinking it. Well, right? like
2: we fall into a this, Le- we are, we fall into the Leary legend thing every year. I love him. He's a great player. He's a great piece to have, but like we all know the truth that we hide behind all of our jokes and everything is that like, the more you see Leary out there, the more you're reminded, like he's not a starter, but he's a great piece to have and he's flexible and he can really when he gets hot and has a good year, he had a great year, you know, great person to have. But like the more you have somebody like that out there that like has proven now through a pretty long career that they're not a starter at any of these positions that they play, you know, you're going to eventually get that exposed. And unfortunately it was a big moment today with him and right. But like you said, you know, makes that probably, you know, at least eight times out of 10, you know.
1: Yeah. Lauri is a lot more palatable as the clear worst guy, on your team or in your lineup, if he's really the weakest spot, all right, maybe you can live with it. clearly not like among three guys or like, you know, yeah. not the bottom third of the order. And that's, you know, and that's frustrating. And the, the thing that is heartbreaking to me is that double play he turned. I mean, I, I think I had said that it was like, man, it was like the best I ever seen. Okay. It probably wasn't, but, the idea that he did the pirouette on one leg, he had a straight, I mean, okay, slow runner, but I mean, it wasn't exactly a hard hit ball either. So that had to be a bang, bang play throwing a flat foot, as much as we say about Tim Anderson with a strong arm, that play was impressive. And then, yeah. and then later he becomes the defensive weak spot because yeah. he gets turned around on a very challenging ball that you mm-hmm. can't even say with any real definition that, that Adam Engel would get, of course, the better chance of Adam Engel, yeah. getting it. of course, uh, but yeah, it is frustrating. And it's not the stuff you want to see exposed. And, you know, Houston is by no means playing. <laughs> they're the real deal, Yeah. Like, they're, they're, I mean, are they're
2: strong. They yeah. have talent at all the positions you'd want to have talent at. And they have kind of the lineup, and their lineup has been playing like we thought the Sox lineup was. We thought the Sox lineup was going to be like, oh man, there's hitters at every position. And like, now here we are. And like, Yeah, the bottom three is kind of like, maybe they will, probably won't, but, you know, like, let's wait to get back to Tim again, you know, like, and that this was supposed to be kind of a change to the new, like, let's, we're going to have talent and, you know, danger at every position, but we haven't even seen an extra base hit yet in this series. (laughs) <laughs> like and, and things, there's no danger in singles you know like
1: yeah and I mean things do need to click uh, uh perfectly in any postseason run no matter how good you are they are for Houston they're getting a lot you know there's the, some CNI plays there's some defensive plays they're a, they're a better defensive team but yeah. they're getting there for plays and you do need to have things click I mean even today where the White Sox get off to a start where it's like okay we got this guy on the ropes in the first inning mm. they leave opportunities on the table. And, um, you know, that's frustrating. That's not going to beat a team like this, a team that's even slightly favored, much less a team that's playing strong with increased confidence at home. Uh, It's going to be a challenge. So before we take a break and talk, maybe point a little bit more, uh, at least a little bit toward more positive time back in Chicago, I want to know what stood out to you. It doesn't have to be Tony LaRusso, but what stood out as the most curious, the most disappointing, or maybe even the most pivotal negative part of this game, because there were a few junctures that things really started to take a, a tumble.
2: Um, I would have to say, uh, start off with a lead off. You know, they had a lead off hit or a lead off runner on. I think in the third, fourth, and then finally scored some runs in the fifth. But like, like you get back to like those wasted chances. Like if you get a lead off runner on, you got somebody's got to hit the ball in the air, and we got to start moving this guy around. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Adrian is opting for team performance and there's certainly uh, some negativity there and the team is not um, coming through the way it needs to all those. And I see Aloy certainly playing better. Zach, I'm guessing maybe you might see some faults somewhere else.
0: So I don't disagree at all with Adrian, but um, I tend to think of it more as like we got to the fifth inning and we put they put four runs on Framber Valdez in four and two thirds mm-hmm. inning, which, you know, the guy came in with an ERA below three. He had a great season. He's a good pitcher. It was really good. Uh, the season last it's, year. I, I, he was exactly. And I tweeted at one point today, I was like, can we like, please put the ball in the air? But he blew away the rest of the yeah. league with ground balls. He had, you know, he got ground balls on 70% of the the batter balls he had this year. Everything is on the ground. He's like Aaron bummer, but in, in starter form. <laughs> so, I think like as frustrating as the offense was to an extent to, to that point in the game, they kind of did their job. And just the turning point for me is, is sending G back out in the fifth inning when, you know, it's the third time, the third time through the order thing isn't just true for Dallas Keuchel. He he was laboring. I know you want him to go out mm-hmm. there and get that extra inning and then turn it over to the bullpen, mm-hmm. but you know, like, come on, we, what do you yeah, get, get them the win? What do, you, what do you trade for Tapera and Kimberl for? What do you make these moves for if you're yeah. not going to yeah. use them when you need them right now?
1: Yeah. And, you, and you've got a day off. So there's not a big concern with like burning somebody. Of course, you mm-hmm. you want to be smart
0: about it. They just uh, burned their two best relievers two days in a row. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And the idea Look at the guys who are winning.
1: The, the idea, <laughs> Zach, you send Giolito out and the guy you're bringing in is Crochet, who's I got to have at least a little fatigue you know, addition addition the fact there's pressure that he hasn't faced, Addition to the fact that he had just pitched um, that mm-hmm. that's the guy, Um, you know, if you've got Hendricks ready and it's like, okay, G-Lito, we'll give you a batter or maybe we'll give you two when it's crochet. Like I don't have anybody else. So it's gotta be yeah. Garrett crochet. I mean, that yeah. starts to really I get mean, into that Ricky rent. It kind stuff. of was
2: like, it kind of like you think like, all right, well, you know, runners on, we need a double play. Like, left-handed like i would think bummer would be the guy like i we need a, we need a ball on the ground right now that's like you don't save your high leverage guys to, to a, a later inning because that's a higher leverage the later it gets like you use it when that, that that was the moment if they don't score there it's you know a different ball game the next inning and from then on you know Tony, I, Adam I, Cass,
1: I, did you hear that
2: okay. oh, sorry ethan not adam <laughs> or adam you can listen to yes.
0: <laughs> no um i actually just went and looked at some of the the Game logs a little while ago too, and Crochet had pitched on short rest on like back to back days, just four times all year, and he gave up runs three times, two mm-hmm. runs twice. Like it, this is what I'm saying, where it's like you would think they should know this. Yeah, you don't, you don't need an advanced scouting <laughs> staff to tell you, that, right? so like, that like maybe especially when you have a fully fresh bullpen. Aaron Bummer hasn't pitched. Aaron Bummer has had like a what a one eighty RA since the All Star break. Yeah, and what. What are, what are, what are we doing? Okay. I, I, I don't want to focus too much in because I just, I've put everything on La Russa to this point. I'm going to mostly continue to do so, but it's like, it really is just like, what are, what are we, what are we doing? I don't want to sound too biased, but it, it's tough to, it, I just don't see it. I just don't and see let's, it.
1: and let's not cast a, let's not take this off the rails or anything before breaking that, but we are seeing some pushback now, even among people who are writers with our site uh, we're starting to see a little bit of, and I think Potash had something from the Sun Times where it's like, oh, you know, in essence, in essence, you're you're on Twitter, you're yeah. not an expert. This guy's got rings, or this is so frustrating mm-hmm. that there's criticism. It's like, hold on, Zach, you literally just said you just looked up, I imagine recently, or maybe even for the six pack, I don't even know if I made it in there, and saw that Garrett Crochet is not going to execute. In the situation he was put in, not because there was no other, ch- there's no choice. Yeah, you got to throw him out there. If it's him or Le- Leori or Romy Gonzalez, okay. Yeah, throw a crochet. You did that in, I assume, because you're much wiser than me, like five seconds, you found that information. Uh, so I think it's very valid. Um, no, you're not in the hot seat, Zach. I don't think you're in the dugout. I don't think you're having to face <laughs> the media uh, on Zoom or in a press conference. That said, you found that quickly. You knew what it meant. So I think it's perfectly valid to make these criticisms. the idea that we're supposed to keep our hands off of that because it's like, well, he got us a division title. I don't want to hear that. I know we've got more writers on our staff who are like, what is going on? There's been some very, yeah. very smart stuff thrown out there. Uh, Luke Smales, I saw great stuff. Tyrone Palmer, I saw great stuff. Really, most everybody thrown out very interesting takes and fair criticisms. Uh, the idea that was supposed to be hands-off, because why i mean zach is it was the only reason i brought up is because you just gave me the ideal entree to say you did that in a minute with with consumer available information i'm guessing you don't have the code just like it's a cardinal's database we we all
2: just had this it's like seven uh, clicks
0: yeah
2: and we all just had this conversation yesterday about uh lance lynn like it doesn't take Anybody with a uh, you know a long baseball resume to take a look and say hey, there's a lot of uh, at bats here, and Lance Lynn kind of gets lit up by this Houston offense. Like some something about the way throws, they don't seem to have an issue seeing it. Um, You know, but you know, it just is what it is. At some point, you know, like we don't get to make those decisions. Like Tony does have more you know victories than I've ever had in the major leagues, but I mean Ricky Renteria did too. To be honest, (laughs) like so like. That argument only goes so far like it's a team game until it's not a team game it's like they're going to win either way i feel like I, i've i'm kind of done arguing with some of the other uh, really staunch staunch uh, tony supporters but um yeah, yeah so
1: much for tony's um f- 5D chess of just throwing Lynn to the Wolves to lose game one and then run the table the rest of the way because there's a particular Mm. pitcher who didn't pitch in this game that perhaps should have but we're going to address him and maybe look forward to actual happiness in black uh, in the second half of our program let's take a quick break and get back to it with Zach Hayes before he has to dash away and Adrian Serrano I'm Brett Valentini we'll be back in just a second it's only a kick a jump. A block. It's only
2: a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's
0: only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
2: At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
1: It is a disappointing postgame podcast number six with Southside Sox. But again, we promised it to you. And so we're going to give it to you. I'm Brett Ballantine, your host. I'm lucky enough to to have to force myself to be upbeat for every one of these. And look how upbeat I am. Can you hear it in my voice? Uh, Sox are down 2-0 in the series. A lot of things that we were promised or thought were going to play out have not played out the way we wished. And to, I guess, pick up from maybe where we left off there in the first half, there is arguably the best weapon on the White Sox pitching staff who has not even, I think, come close to pitching in games. The White Sox are now in an 0-2 hole. I understand using Michael Kopech in the first two games would be like wasting something or it goes against the one-two punch of going with Carlos Rodon. But why in the world has Michael Kopech not been used? And post-game, Tony said, if we needed him to win, we would have pitched him. Help, guys.
0: Want to start off, Zach? Go ahead. Tony, Tony just said a lot of things post-game. <laughs> it's been, we could ponder for a while. Irrefutable truth. Though, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I I have no inside info or anything. I kind of suspect that they were holding him for a game four start if they needed to or some kind of tandem with Rodan. Um, or, I mean, for all we know, maybe they'll pull Cease back and send him out there for game three. They haven't announced Cease yet as far as I know. No, um no. I look, we just saw Tony not throw Bummer until late, not throw Hendricks until late, because he still, for whatever he might have said earlier in the year, he still believes in having his eighth inning guy be his eighth inning guy and his ninth inning guy be his ninth inning guy. Uh so I don't know. I'm just not convinced that it it wouldn't surprise me if he was saving him for something that never, that never comes to fruition. That's what I'm trying to say, I guess it's uh, so
1: 2022.
0: Yeah. (laughs) He'll be fresh. (laughs)
1: He'll be ready. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I really, it really feels like that's probably the case. Like they're, they have this plan in their mind that in case something with Carlos, he can go, but he can't go far enough. They want to have Kopeck ready for that. But like, you don't even know if Carlos is going to be able to give you five right now, like from what we're hearing. So it's like, how are you making plans for a second guy when you don't even know what's up with the first guy to be part of that plan? Like you left a starter off. I know he wasn't a good starter, but like he was a starter, like you left the starter off of this roster to, you know, hold on to, you know, Adam or Andrew Vaughn and Engel, who hasn't really done very much, you know, like so far in two starts. Um, and then you don't know what's going on with your pitching staff. Like if you don't know what's going on with Radon, you got to say, all right, Cease, you're the guy. Get up there and let's see it happen. If it if it happens, it happens. But we're going to go out with the guys we brought here, and Cease pitched great all year. We got to go with them and because I don't know the Magic
1: 7 clicks to get that information because it's, probably, it's a, probably a secret code that Zach Hayes knows, uh, I don't know this for sure. I know Kopeck had a little rougher second half, but I do know they pitched him back-to-back, back, I, I would say, with some frequency, and I think that the innings load was significant. I'm guessing he's maybe pitched five innings over two games, four innings over two games, so it's not as if some. and plus, oh, by the way, oh, whoops, we forgot. They're not playing tomorrow. So the idea that somehow he's burned even for game, even for Sunday – even if he had to, two to, to throw two yeah. um, by pitching one or two today is crazy. What, what is he I mean, I imagine he's asking these questions too. What is he sitting for? He is arguably the best arm, the, maybe the freshest arm on the staff.
0: Well, <laughs> what I'll, what I'll leave you with is okay. that, uh, <laughs> His last two outings, he both, you know, he went three innings. I think they were, what, like two days, three days apart? I can't remember exactly. His last yeah. outing was stretched 51 pitches. That's kind of why where I was getting this idea potentially from that they might be looking to him for yeah. at least a three, four inning start. But that doesn't cancel out or that is not mutually exclusive with what you just said. He probably could have pitched yesterday yeah. and then still pitch Monday. Uh, he probably could have pitched day and still pitched in some capacity on Monday, even if it's, uh, just two innings with Carlos Rodon doing yeah, he, another two or three, but you know you got to get there first. And, even in, even in like a, a mystery
2: situation, a mystery situation where Carlos Rodon can't go for whatever reason, and they're, all right, we're gonna go with Kopech in that case. Like, but he still wouldn't be going until game four at the earliest. You're you're gonna skip over the way Dylan Cease pitched this year to throw uh, Kopech in game, you know, three. Like, it just none of it makes sense. The idea that, and I do think that um, Zach had
1: to uh, dash. I know that he's yeah. he was up against it, but uh, me and Adrian will bring this home. Uh, he, you know, what I think Zach just had to leave because he is trying on different black uh, outfits yeah. for uh, Sunday's <laughs> game because you can't just make this comment like you know like nothing. Um, but I think what's frustrating about the yeah the Kopech situation is is and and I, I guess my point was going to be uh, you know Liam Hendricks you know Zach made the point about well you know he's got these specific roles and Kimbrell, i guess is the eighth inning guy not today uh and liam is your ninth inning guy well you know when they needed their best high leverage guy and by no means is liam hendricks had like a super smooth season but he's seemingly gained momentum in the it second was, half of this season good, yeah uh you know he's pitching the eighth inning in a five run or whatever it was game um You know, I know it's easy to go back and still like put the puzzle back together differently, or get the solve the puzzle quicker by looking back at it after the game. But this isn't really Monday morning quarterback, and this is why isn't Liam Hendricks warming up instead of Garrett Crochet or or Jose Ruiz? Or I mean, Hendricks probably wants to and could pitch every game of this five game series. There's two days off in between. He could probably pitch every game, and whether it's the smartest, and you might not need him, but he could. And he's been used now once in a garbage inning, like what to keep him
0: like
2: yeah, exactly like it it was it got to be too many days before he threw, so he had to throw um but yeah I, I agree with you, like I know like it immediately becomes like, oh, who are you to question Tony, but like' it's, like this isn't like I'm not trying to like get deep into the mind of like advanced you know, techniques and managerial skills, because also if you want to give credit to Tony or say you can't, you know, say anything fairly, criticize Tony, and then you want to put it on the players for not producing, like at some point when everybody down the list keeps being inconsistent or not getting the job done, then it's on the leader, right? And that's, you know, the captain, the captain of the ship is supposed to have you ready to play in this time. That's what we were told. Don't worry about the big lead. Don't ask any questions. Enjoy the ride. Tony's got this, he's going to pass on mm-hmm. this leadership to the team, and they're going to respond, and, like, we have, you haven't seen that. You saw a little bit, you know, from TA's always going to be there, he's trying to do his best, but, like, you know, it's going to be all 26 guys, it's 26 now, yeah, 26. <laughs> You're hitting on exactly the point or the question that Jackie
1: raised in last night's uh, postgame, and that is, you know, because we're, we're all a little down, the team seemed maybe a little flat mm-hmm. um, or on its heels a bit, and, you know, her question was, or her statement was, well, you know, this is what they – have Tony LaRussa for. I think our agreement was: yes, if there is some some way he is going to distinguish himself. We don't know what it is. Uh, we're not in the locker room to know. Even if we were had media access, we wouldn't necessarily be able to pick up on what goes on in that clubhouse behind closed doors. But presumably, mm-hmm. in a, uh, a flat game one loss and sort of a must-win game two, Tony mm-hmm. was going to have something to say that will inspire calm. Uh, maybe a little red ass. What, I don't know what the strategy is, but whatever it is. Well, based on what we saw and the fact that Tony had a worse game two than game one, uh, is th- those initial results, the report card yeah. is not good. And you can say, people can say, we're just waiting to jump on Tony La Russa. No, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to see yeah. him hit I, a gear.
2: I think Tyrone, yeah, Tyrone had a a tweet about that. He's like, yeah, I I can't wait for them to come and rub it in my face that I was wrong and they came back, you know, miraculously. But Mm -hmm. like everybody yesterday said, calm down. We just got to win this one. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, we're right back in it. But like, Mm -hmm. now here you are, like, You know, worst case scenario, there haven't been a lot of people that have won three in a row. You know, in the postseason, because you're playing against great players, right? And it's not done. Somebody's
1: going to get lucky. They could, (laughs) they could still win. I mean, I don't know what their what their actual chances are five percent now or
2: ten percent, whatever it's five percent. Let's say. I mean, of
1: course, there is a chance. Now all you got to do is win one, and then well, those chances increase. And it's not impossible. You got to win
2: one at a time for three in a row. You know, you're not going to think about it as winning three, but like it's possible. But like it's not the place that you wanted to be in, and it's not the place Mm -hmm. that. You uh, were, you know, t- selling to us, you know, a couple months ago that like we're coasting. Yeah, but like yeah. we're going to be ready when it comes because we have the ultimate leader and he's got the experience <laughs> to lead us there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just you out hit the Astros today, but they won, you know, like it's just at some point like. We have to, you know, always be a little bit of a realist with the fact that, like, still not a ton of postseason uh, experience mm-hmm. throughout this roster. grandall has got it, you know. They got a couple guys here and there. Hernandez only had, I think, the two games last year, uh, you know, under his belt. Uh, so yeah, not a ton. So they're they're building it. It's nice to see T- Tim Anderson's not too small for the no, five, you know? no. no setting records. Yeah, he is doing what he's doing, and Luis Robert is looking to be as good as oh we uh, you know hope you would but like again like we're just repeating the stuff we've been saying since mm. may and april and kept being told like no don't worry about that no don't question what they're doing like i still don't <laughs> know what the plan with kopech is like is he a reliever like it looks like right now you're trying to use them how we all wanted to use them you know about the all-star break you know like let him start let him start you know and then you caught lightning in a bottle with uh Um, uh, Ronaldo, I just uh, too many guys, I'm I'm burned out on this game today too. But yeah, you caught lightning in a bottle with Ronaldo, then you didn't have to, you know, think about it again. But now all of a sudden the playoffs come and you take him out, like, so now at best, even if he doesn't do some kind of long inning start, he can affect three games. Like, well, maybe if he was appearing in one or two, you have Mm -hmm. Kopech affecting four to five games, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I just want my best guys in there as much as possible, you know, like, that's that's all it comes down to, like, it's not. Who and is I, the best and manager. I, you know, it's just like Dusty Baker's on the other side too. So it's like, yeah. And I just thought he doesn't, of this. He doesn't have any rings. Like, so like, is Dusty not worth the respect because he has no rings, you know, like, because that's the ring argument with Tony. Like, well, Dusty doesn't have any, but this is like his 15 that he's brought to this point. Like, yeah, at some point you got to expect that the guy has something to do with it, even though it doesn't, uh, you know, always, they don't know how many wins a coach accounts for, you know, but it's some amount and a guy like Dusty, you know, whatever, voodoo he used to teach them that their cheating was actually good and they should not be sad about it like he <laughs> he, he he got in there and he, up, guys. Took control, he got in there he took control of that clubhouse he turned them all in one direction and they're playing well you know they're in the postseason You know, just like Adrian, he
1: managed Sammy Sosa. So I think he knows how to deal with the fact that people do
2: wrong things to somehow put a smile on. And that's why you go out and you sign the older manager in Dusty Baker in that situation, because they knew that they had a problem on their hands. Like they had a mess Mm -hmm. and they needed a guy come in there and clean up the mess. And like, we were told last year that our manager made a mess and we need somebody to come in and clean it up. And like, I'm seeing just kind of the same stuff we saw last year, just some new faces, you know, like, Quick trivia question.
1: Uh, Okay, I'm putting you on the spot. Quick trivia question. Who has, in this century, who has more White Sox playoff wins, Tony LaRusso or Ricky Renneria, Adrian?
2: Uh, They have the same amount. I think they're tied at one, aren't they? Um, Actually, I believe – Tony might be trailing him one oh, to nothing
1: because nothing, he's yeah. yet to uh, win. And in fact, here uh, because you didn't get that right, I'll just answer the second one. Let's <laughs> talk about career White Sox playoff games because Tony has won one in 1983.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He has won zero in 2021. So. Their careers, they are tied in playoff wins. So at this point, the veteran manager is not um, really—it's not convincing me at the moment. I want um, to be (laughs) proven
2: wrong. No, I yeah, exactly. I want to be proven wrong. Like the reasons you bring in the veteran manager, though, we're not seeing those things. We're not seeing the the gamesmanship. We're not seeing them do the little things. They're not. We're not seeing them. The fact that they looked flat yesterday. In game one of the postseason, after that se- season you just had, like, and you, you know you're lucky with all the injuries to have been here. Like, you thought they'd come in with some energy and you thought that they'd be prepared, but that didn't seem to be the case. Um, I don't know. Like, it's just you bring in that guy to be the steadying force, and like they don't really feel steady all the time. You know, Bray who's there and Tim's there, but I don't know what uh, they all like him. I'll tell you that. i surprised, but they like him, but. And he's there and he's not going to get fired. He'll be there next year too. So it's like, let's just win the next one. (laughs) Well, I don't want to find out,
1: but if things don't go well, be interested to see how much they like him. And I mean the players. Of course, what are they going to say? But there's ways to get those, you know, especially as media accesses. You won't really know. You won't know until a
2: couple of years from now for sure. Yeah. Uh, OK,
1: let's uh, before we wrap up, Adrian, I think I already have your answer as who as to who you think will be the game three starter. I think you think it will be Dylan Cease. Who do you think should it has not been announced? Let's make it clear. We don't know if it's Carlos Rodon, Michael Kopech or uh, um, Dylan Cease as the game three starter has not been announced. Don't expect it's going to be announced until the last possible no. moment. No, but let's assume all. that Dylan Cease uh, is the guy. Who do you think should be given those three options or I don't know, some other one, it's, it's Tony, who knows, know. who do you think should start game three
2: given the circumstances we're in now? In the circumstances we're in now, if, you know, whatever Carlos Rodon has to do between now and, you know, Sunday that they approve him as a hundred percent physically ready to go. Like, I think he's the guy you have to go with the guy that's been the best, you know, all year. Dylan he's has a great year too, but he was nowhere near what Radon was until mm-hmm. the, uh, injury at the end of the year um but if you have all and all questions like I just can't see why the, to bring Rodon on to throw three innings and then now we're going to use all the bullpen guys and then what happens if we do win in the next day like it just opens a lot more questions like I go with Dylan sees at that point like he's my guy that I feel like you know he's an actual starter he's been there all year I'm going to roll my dice and like our season's on the guys that got us here and you know we're going to live with that
1: yeah I like the idea given the circumstances and given the fact that Surprise, Michael Kopeck is still super fresh. Uh, yeah. I do think the the move in this desperation game, if only because it, it it is a little bit more of a combo punch mm-hmm. to Houston is you go Rodan started and you have the plant. You you hope it's it's three innings. Maybe he gives you more. Maybe it's gonna be only two. And then you go to Copec and hopefully those guys can get you at least through six. And then who knows, maybe you can use your traditional roles and like I don't know if Craig Kimbrell ever touches Isn't the it, balls of White Sox again. But I mean maybe Liam takes the last three innings because yeah. everybody apparently is like super fresh and ready to go. I think the traditional move of Dylan cease being your number three guy maybe gets kicked out, kicked down to number four. Because you got to throw something at
2: these guys. And then, like, as much as like that makes sense, like, also, like, it just immediately takes me back to the elimination game last year. And here we are, like, we have Dylan Cease who's got really good stuff, but instead of him, we're going to go with some guys that hopefully get us one to three innings, and we're just going to chain them all together. And then, you know, we know how that ended. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, the Dunning gets two batters or what? You know, what? Yeah, no,
1: know. it's risky. I mean, I, you know, I hope we can like... feel better uh, and it's <clears> less patchwork than it yeah. was a year ago when the White Sox truly didn't have anything but two yeah. starters because even CeCe is out of the pen. It was like, Oh, we don't know what to expect from him. Lopez, of course, didn't know what to expect from him. That was a mess. We are, it seems, it feels like we're creating our own mess this year yeah. with actual tools. We've sort of dropped in to the toolbox last year. Mm-hmm. It was just like Ricky, I mean, I don't want to be a Ricky apologist here. I think he got a very strange um, uh, deal from the White Sox. But, uh, I mean, given that he was like, presumably, we still don't know the reason, of course, presumably fired for that performance or significantly that performance, which
2: was certainly not. At least between that and them thinking that. With who was becoming available that they thought they could significantly upgrade. They weren't just going to get a guy <laughs> that was a little better. They were going to, they were going to try to significantly upgrade. But yeah, like, yeah. So 2020, <laughs> 2020, they have two starters that we're confident in. And then who knows? And now it feels like we have two starters and who knows? Like, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know how we can make a case for, you know, Kopech coming in and pitching long relief or, uh, you know, even as a starter, a small start, you know, a short inning starter over the way Ronaldo has been pitching, you know, like Ronaldo has much more experience, you know, and, you know, the, the pitch count to do that if you want some guy to get you three to four innings like yeah that's he could do that, you know, like, I don't understand why the biggest weapon coming in has to be, we still don't know what his role actually is on the team. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it's it's just crazy to think like we don't know what the role of the two closers we have or the best, you know, stuff of the guy coming in from the bullpen. And that's I don't know how we're in the postseason and still really don't have a grasp on that as somebody that watches, you know, hundreds of games. Yes.
1: <clears throat> when that's the reason this guy apparently was put in charge again, not even my micromanaging the mistakes or putting things on him that he doesn't deserve. I think you make oh. a big argument. A lot falls on LaRusso, but this was exactly the thing he was supposed he was, we were told in that like first press conference, he like, or, uh, Ethan Katz was the one who said it. He is yeah. micromanaging spring training to the point where the bench coach is supposed to do all the, like do all the planning for spring training. Tony's doing it. Yeah. So How in the world? All right. Well, I mean, clearly we will not get answers. We do not have access to the. We're never going to have answers to that. So let's talk before we before we wrap this up, Adrian. Let's just talk about you are not going to be able to be there for blackout number one, and I don't know. Game four is also a night game, though. Correct.
2: I don't know. They, they won't release it unless the Sox win a game. They didn't I, release it earlier today because I checked. Um, uh, it still uh, wasn't right. Yeah.
1: I thought it got trickled out, but maybe that was a mistake. I did see a, some, one of the beats did tweet and I think it was
2: a night game, but I'd yeah, I'd be maybe surprised, they if, it, that I'm back surprised if it wasn't a night game because they don't know if anything else is going five right That's now. That's true.
1: So. That's true. So you um, but may have yeah, to was, be was,
2: part of that experience, I was, but I mean, I was, what are you was,
1: looking forward to as a viewer, uh, come Sunday night? Um, you know, with just maybe uh, old grainy fax footage of a uh, blackout
2: um, 2008. I am hoping that they just make a decision and announce tomorrow who the starter is going to be. Like, I do think it wears on the players when, up to the minute like they don't really know the fact that we had multiple lineups written yesterday like well the players also want to know they want to be settled in this the playoffs everything's amped up they're you know anxious as it is and like you're giving them more reason now to like Mm -hmm. i don't know what's happening i don't know what position i'm playing am i playing first am i DHing? like like you don't want that coming in um but yeah i'm looking forward to them coming out energized i want that the place is going to be rocking And I just want to see them, uh, you know, play a game, you know, like I want to see them play how they know they can, regardless of what happens in the series. Yeah. Let's hope it's at least a game where you feel it's being fought. That's what was so great about game two is that it
1: really was, it had the makings of a classic game and then it just sort of fell apart. Again, whose fault? I mean, obviously players and management, but uh, boy, it really looked like we had a classic uh, on our hands and it did not turn out to be a classic, Adrian. I would not put that in the, I would not put that in the library. Um, We will have a pregame podcast for sunday's game because there's going to be a long wait before sunday night so that will be out uh earlier sunday we'll have full coverage as we've had we will have a post-game podcast for sunday hopefully that is going to be celebrating a victory and sending adrian off to a game four decked out in black hopefully but either way yeah either way we will be doing a post-game and you know we'll be continuing playoff in-depth coverage as long as we can do it, as long as the White Sox will let us do it. Otherwise, yeah. we'll just roll into all our off-season stuff. But, Adrian, thank yeah. you for joining me again yeah. on this podcast. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening and watching and uh, reading us, of course. Big participation in the boards. It's pretty negative these days, but uh, hopefully we'll clean that up with a nice game three. Uh, we'll be back with you with a podcast sometime early Sunday. We'll uh, see you till then.